feeling overwhelmed by client demands and busy work? You need Client Hub to ditch the busy work and take your accounting practice to the next level with the magic of AI. Client Hub is the ultimate practice management solution built specifically for accountants and pro advisors like you. It's a single magical place where you can collaborate with your team and clients effortlessly. Client Hub's powerful AI capabilities are game changing. Client Hub can triage your inbox by summarizing email threads and automatically drafting email replies to all your common client questions. The new Magic Workflow feature will create instructions and detailed task checklists for any new client work or unusual requests that come your way. Client Hub is both amazingly powerful and yet amazingly simple. The intuitive modern interface allows your team to start using it immediately. The mobile app makes it easy for everyone, including your clients, to track tasks and communicate on the go, ensuring nothing falls through the cracks. To experience the magic of Client Hub for yourself and see how it can transform your accounting practice, head over to uqb.promo slash client hub. That is uqb.promo forward slash C-L-I-E-N-T-H-U-B. Welcome to the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast. I am joined by my good friend, Alicia Katz-Pollock, the original, the one and only QBO Rockstar, CEO and founder of Royal Y Solutions. And I have the privilege of collaborating with Hector Garcia, CPA, the founder of Right Tool for QuickBooks. In this episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast, we're going to talk about bank feeds what they fixed, and what we wish they could fix. Alicia, this is going to be our favorite episode. I know it because after recording this episode and inspiring each other about what's on each other's wish list, somebody from Intuit will listen to this and go, holy crap, they're right, and they're going to make bank feeds the perfect, most amazing, the most best-in-class feature in any accounting software ever. Thoughts? I, I consider the bank feeds... QBO's central hallmark, what really makes it special. And I'm such a bank feeds geek that I even did at QuickBooks Connect in 2022, a session called the Big Bank Theory, which was all the different ways you can game the system and use the features creatively to streamline your data entry and make it more accurate. I am all about these things that they were about to do. I'm stoked. Well, the things that we wish they do. We, are not, we don't want to make a claim that they're going to do anything we're going to ask them to do in this episode. Right, but, but there's a couple with... of things that I am stoked about so far. So. Uh, absolutely. And so let's, let's, let, we're going to take you down memory lane the last six months. And let's talk about all the things that we've seen change in bank feeds. Okay. The first one, and probably the most obvious one, is when you go and manually import a, a CSV file, an Excel file, a .qbo file, you download it from the bank, and you, you go into upload, and you get that preview screen that shows you the transactions that were downloaded, there's now a little checkbox that allows you to choose to reverse the amount because sometimes some banks, we can't control this, they'll send positives as negatives and negatives as positives, and we can't figure out how to do it, and... I know you can go in Excel and put equals cell one times minus one or whatever, and you can, and you can fix it fairly quick. But it's an, it's an extra step that we really don't need to take. And it's programmatically was 
I assume was pretty simple. So now when you upload something that has the wrong polarity, you click on this box and it reverses it for you so you can import on what it's supposed to be. Yeah. American Express was famous for that one. And whenever I was doing an American Express import, I would have to open up the CSV, flip the values, also uh, reset the dates or change the date format. I am really happy that all I have to do now is just toggle it and say American Express, bam. Absolutely. And the other two things that they fix, and this is not glaringly obvious, you have to be a super geek like Alicia and I to kind of notice these things, is that if your CSV file or the Excel file that you uploaded into bank feeds had a parenthesis as a negative, it wouldn't recognize it. It just wouldn't know that that's a negative. So before you had to go into Excel and change the formatting and save it again, now they fixed it. So they recognize uh, parentheses and they also recognize uh, symbols. So if it had a dollar sign as well, um, it was breaking before. It didn't let you import. Now it does that. It's small, but it's 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 really big for, for some of us. It saves us a lot of time. And the other thing that they added, which has been a complaint that I've had for like, I would say at least eight years, is that through the up the manual upload, you couldn't bring a column for a check number or for a transaction number. Like traditionally, you only had three columns, date, description, and amount. So now if you're manually uploading uh, a bank feeds file, now you have a fourth column for transaction number, which is useful to bring in uh, check number. So those are like three things that we saw, I would say, second half of 2023. And, um, you know, I, I had complained about something that was broken and I spoke to a product manager and, they, and we got on a, a Zoom call and they said, what else would you like to see fixed in bank feeds? And I unloaded on them. I probably gave them more stuff to work with that they'll ever have for the rest of their life. But at least they brought those those three things. And, and recently, about three days ago, for some context, we're recording this on uh, at, at the middle of February. So I would say the first week of February, they, they sent me an email that says, by the way, we are in the process of fixing automatic transfer suggestions in bank feeds. Uncategorized and, assets. Yeah, uncategorized. So there's, there's two problems here. So number one is when QuickPost detected something to potentially be a transfer, so if the word said transfer from PayPal or transfer from bank account one two three ABC or a payment to Zelle or payment from Zelle or Venmo, like there was just a whole bunch of things that triggered QuickBooks into thinking that this transaction should be a transfer transaction. And in some cases, it detected it right, but in most cases, it detected it wrong. But the, the major, the even more major problem is that there's a made-up account that QuickBooks made up, which is called Uncategorized Asset, as Alicia alluded to. And this is kind of like the catch-all for, hey, we think this is an asset, but we don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. We think this is a transfer, but we don't we don't know what account should be. So they'll suggest the user to create a transfer into Uncategorized Asset. And of course, the, the layman or the mortals, right, the non-QuickBooks <laughs> experts, they would go in there and go, yeah, yeah, on categorized asset, that's beautiful. Transfer, transfer, transfer. Then they would reconcile the banks or we reconcile the banks. Then we realize there's something broken here where random transactions are, are going to uncategorized asset. And then if we wanted to fix it, we would have to undo it, break the reconciliation, recreate it because transfers cannot be edited into a check or into a deposit or into a credit card charge or into like a normal natural transaction that could use a payee, that could use something other than a balance sheet account. So what QuickBooks have given us is this beautiful gift of removing this weird logic that they had where they were automatically suggesting a transfer. 
Right. Yeah, there were two use cases where that really broke things. And because transfers from bank account to bank account were the primary, what you would typically would say, see is this checking account into uncategorized asset and then the another transfer out of uncategorized asset to the savings account where it was two transactions passing each other in the night instead of being linked together. That was the most common symptom that I saw. And the other one, which was really the most egregious one, is refunds, that a refund is money into your bank account, and it had no idea who was giving you the refund. And so all your refunds were going into uncategorized asset. And like Hector said, because it was creating a transfer, you can't, a transfer can only go from one balance sheet account to another balance sheet account. You can't go to an expense account. And so you would have to delete all of those, put them back on the bank feed, recategorize them to the payee and to the expense account that was the same as the original charge, and then re-reconcile again. Now, what was actually interesting when they... (laughs) I don't know if I should come back around to it, but that situation of the refunds when they first made this change that we're about to show you, the refunds were broken, but they do work. All right. So, so, so what we're experiencing, as, as, as Alicia is alluding to, the eminent demise of uncategorized asset, which has been this huge dragon that we've been trying to slay for years. Um, and this seems like a great first step. Now, this is not going to fix transactions that have already been categorized in there. I mean, that's it's already an un- uncategorized asset. You're going to have to clean that up. But it feels to me that QuickBooks very soon will never recommend uncategorized asset under any circumstance. That's where we want it to be. I've been testing it, and it feels that that's 99% accurate. It feels like it's still sort of stuck in some transactions. Uh, but um, one of the things that I wanted to experiment with was like, okay, good. So since I don't need uncategorized asset, I'm going to go in my chart of accounts and delete it because, you know, deleting things from QuickBooks is like a sport for (laughs) accountants. Like this is like, this is like the stuff that we train all of our lives to do is to delete crap (laughs) from QuickBooks. Um, So I went in there and tried to delete the uncategorized asset. And unfortunately, QuickBooks still recognizes uncategorized asset as a account that can't be deleted because it's part of the uh, QuickBooks online workflow. So my first suggestion to the QuickBooks folks that announced this huge, amazing announcement is, can I delete the account? And the answer for now is no, but they know about it now. And we're making it public in this podcast that we no longer need that account. We want to delete it. And also every new QuickBooks online account in the future, please remove it from your default chart of accounts. Nobody needs uncategorized asset. Uncategorized asset is amazing. Set no one ever. <laughs> So we don't need it. So it, it has no need for it to be there. And, you know, I could go on a mini rant about opening balance equity, but that's another account that you know, needs to be like, you know, reimagined. But on categorized asset truly, truly has been a pain for accountants for a very long time. It is the one thing that makes us cringe about QuickBooks Online is always have. And if you destroy this, uh, you will be gaining a new set of fans into the QuickBooks Online world. Yeah, uncategorized asset, if you had anything in it, it was a sign of an error. There's really no reason to have it. But I do want to clarify that uncategorized expenses is still useful. I mean, 
it is the default if it doesn't recognize an expense out or a money out transaction, but it's also a good place to park something when it's in suspense and you have to go ask your client about it. So don't take what Hector's saying about all of the uncategorized ones. Uncategorized expenses is a, a great temporary holding tank. Uncategorized income, I could kind of go either way. I would rather have it not take those income at all, but I can see a reason for, you know, again, holding tank suspense. Yeah. And if, if you happen to be a QuickBooks desktop user and you haven't used QuickBooks online, which I doubt, but it could happen. Um, QuickBooks desktop had this account called Ask My Accountant, which is a, which is, it was, it was amazing in, in many ways and also a big pain in the butt in many other ways. But uh, Ask My Accountant used to be like the default go to for, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this. Let's put it in there. And it was like one place for accountants to like start or review workflows. Let's, let me go there first. And also I had many clients that actually when they categorize the transaction, and these are like very slick clients, some of them I taught them that, some of them they, they figured out on, the, on, them, on their own. When they, they categorize the transaction, but they weren't sure where it's supposed to be, but they're kind of sure it's supposed to be travel or whatever, they will create a separate line in that account for Ask My Accountant at zero. Uh, that way it shows up in the Ask My Accountant list but it doesn't necessarily puts the value in there. So that was awesome because that, you know, those customers noticed that I was going into the Ask My Accountant account as the very first thing I did when I reviewed the file. So uncategorized expense in many ways is the reincarnation of Ask, Ask My Accountant. Uh, on, on Alicia's opinion about not, uh, by doing away with uncategorized income, I get having like an, like just like a generic uncategorized uh, uh, sort of, uh, um, a catch-all account for all income and expenses. But I do like the fact that my uncategorized deposits, let's call it that because income is more of a complex word, but my uncategorized deposits, my uncategorized money in is sitting on the top right. and then the uncategorized money out is sitting on the bottom in a PL. So I actually like that. What would be cool is if there was like a one-click report that shows both uncategorized income and uncategorized expenses and my in one shot. One shot. <laughs> right, well- Assuming the Ask My Accountant, because Ask My Accountant would still be an account that we have to create in QBO. It wasn't there in default like desktop was. So like uncategorized expense is the best representation of Ask My Accountant. Right. You know, uh, we've talked about this before that that Ask My Accountant you've been saying is not a default account, but I know that I have files where I didn't create it and my client certainly didn't create it. So I think there was, was a time when Ask My Accountant was a default account. Correct. It was a default account. And then when the chart of accounts got revamped, they removed as my accountant. Because it's technically between uncategorized expense and and um and uncategorized it's def it's technically kind of redundant. I do see a case where all three would be useful, but remember uncategorized income and uncategorized expense are protected accounts. Mm-hmm. You can delete right. them. So it's a little bit different than a than a than an ad hoc. Uh, ask my accountant account where you could delete or rename, right? So uncategorized income, uncategorized expense is, is protected by QBO. So it serves its own very specific particular purpose. And I think, and Alicia, I know you worked with the, the, the people from Uncat, mm-hmm. which is a third-party app that helps you manage uncategorized expenses. Uh, they work really heavily with this uncategorized expenses account. So um, so it was something that's been, it's, it has been lever- leveraged by third-party apps uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Do you use QuickBooks Online all day long? 
Do you always feel like it could be so much more efficient to navigate? Then you should try WriteTool for QuickBooks Online. WriteTool is a free Chrome extension that allows you to add functionality to your QBO through Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge's web browsers. Features like custom favorites, so you can quickly navigate to any screen of QBO. And the tab manager, so you can have multiple pages open and move between those tabs with a single click. And it's all located in a right-sided navigation bar. And for power users, there's a pro version that adds batching capabilities such as deleting and editing transactions in bulk. I'm a right tool user myself, and I have to say it saves me tons of time, all day, every day. Learn more at righttool.app. That is www.righttool.app. Yeah, it's a, that's a wonderful workflow for those of you who don't know Uncat. You can put something in uncategorized expenses and it gives you an interface that your client logs into and looks at everything in all of the uncategorized and tells you what they're for. And then you can actually classify them directly in Uncat instead of in QB. Which is technically the same thing that QuickBooks came up with in their uh, books review tab where you can actually grab a, um, a, a transaction that's sitting there in uncategorized and ask your client through that QBO question asking uh, portal. So in many ways, um, Intuit, uh, I don't want to say copied, but maybe they were inspired like by apps like Uncat and I believe Keeper does that too. Mm-hmm. And maybe possibly Zenit uh, with an X uh, does that too. So there's been, there's been a, a whole slew of, of, um, of uh, ap- applications that have been trying to solve this. Hey, ask your client what this is because I, you know, I, I, I don't know what this is and I wanted to have a, a, a more systemized workflow to ask your client what something is instead of exporting your ask my accountant on categorized expense list and emailing that to your client or something yeah. like that. No ma- so, so anyway, no, ma- no matter, go, go ahead, no go matter ahead, which of those systems you use, just please train your clients not to put it into their best guess. Train them if you're not sure. Put it in one of these places. Don't hope, you know, put it over here thinking it's right and maybe you'll remember someday to fix it. Right. And, and while you're at it, train them that if they select transfer as a, as a transaction type, that that is going to be the pathway to help. <laughs> Make sure that you train them on that too. So they never do a transfer because no matter, no matter what, even my super, super duper well-trained employees in my firm, sometimes they use transfer and I want to reach across the monitor and, and strangle them for it because you can't fix transfers. Most of the time, you know, they're going to create three more steps to fix a transfer. So you can, you can enter a transfer with a check or a, or a regular deposit, right? I mean, a, a transfer is technically just a transaction that is sourced by a bank account and the destination is another bank account. Like if might as well use a regular natural transaction and not a transfer, just in case it happens to be that this is an income or this is an expense and um, and something that you can't fix once you've entered via transfer. So enough geeking out about transfers and, uh, and, and ranting about that. Let's talk about the next thing that they added. This was recently also added in February, which is really awesome. It's a very awesome first step. It's a beautiful sword that hasn't been completely sharpened yet. So I can't use it 100% but it's really awesome. What they did is they added the ability for you to batch edit a transaction after it has been categorized from within bank feeds. 
So we're not talking about going into accountant tools and reclassify transaction and selecting transactions from the screen and, and, and clicking on reclassify and changing the account class or location through it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a similar end result, like choosing right, reclassifying the account or the class or location, but inside of the bank feed screen, but it's in the categorized tab. So you have to move out of full review and go into categorized. And then you get a list of all the things that have been entered from within bank feeds. And you can uh, select a couple of transactions or you can shift click a whole group of transactions. You can click on either undo, like you've always been able to undo to recategorize. But now instead of undoing and redoing, you click on edit. And within the the edit pop-up, you can change the payee. You can change the account. You can change the class. You can change the location. Similar to the reclassified tool, but with one added thing, which is you can also fix the payee. So this is what? awesome. This is amazing. Huge. What? However, <laughs> <laughs> however, and I have sorry, sorry to have to rain on the parade. However, you cannot change the tag for some reason. Okay, maybe easy fix. But the bigger issue here is that in the screen prior for you choosing what you want to uh, edit, basically in batch, you don't have a visual as to what. PE was used originally, or what class was used originally, or what location was used originally. So you can reclassify, but blindly. Like you have to, like, you really, really have to remember what you did wrong, or maybe you have to have seen this in a report somewhere and then come into bank feeds, categorized to reclassify. I mean, the whole workflow up to this point where you're sitting in on, on categorized to reclassify, it's just very awkward. So, so while there's some information you see on the categorized screen, you see the original bank detail and you see what expense category was chosen, which I want to rant about the fact that it's not in its own separate column that you can sort and filter different issues altogether. But you get to see these two things and you get to see whether something was added through a rule or whatever, um, but you can't sort of filter or sort by, again, payee, class, location, account, and even worse, customer job. Um, so there really isn't a, 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 a situation where right now I would totally use this to save me time because the time that I saved to do this, I probably had to spend researching which transactions I need to categorize in the first place. Alicia, what are your thoughts? I know you're seeing this for the first time too. So what are your thoughts well, about Well, I'm this? completely stoked by the fact that there now is a place where you can assign a vendor and payee uh, that's in the general tools, not just in the books review, because but it's got the same problem that the books review has in that if you're supposedly using this tool to assign a missing vendor, you still can't because you still can't see what the vendor was. And you know, in the with the books review, I've been using that feature in the bank feeds where you move the bank detail in copy the bank detail into the memo so that in books review you can at least see what the vendor was supposed to be in this view you still don't have that you're absolutely right that you need to be able to add columns to this so that you can see what customer what class and what location has been assigned so that you can actually use the tools but you know personally i don't understand why they just don't add it to the reclassify that 
there's already a column there for the, cust- the the payee, whether it's a client or a vendor. So why not just add the ability to update the payee right inside the reclassified tool that we already have? I mean, I get that that's just for accountant users and business owners need it too. So I'm glad that they're moving forward. Well, since QBOA, QuickBooks Lite Accountant, that has books review, is free if you have an accountant account. And if small business owners are savvy enough to then create the QBOA account with a different email and invite themselves as an accountant, technically they could have access to this. Um, maybe another a whole another conversation, another reason to make QuickBooks Online Accountant a paid service and not a free service to truly block small business owners from doing this. Or not block, but like just sort of reduce the amount of small business owners that can use this workaround and make this a truly accountant-only sort of power that we can have to reclassify stuff. Yeah, I, I get that 100%. But I think that the most obvious place to add these additional uh, reclassifying um, uh, tools would be on the on the reclassify screen. There's one tiny exception to the rule. Even though the reclassify screen already has a filter for the payee, already has um, a, a, a filter for the account uh, and the transaction type and that sort of thing, um, even so in the reclassify screen, you don't get to see which is the source account, like which which was the original account where that transaction came from. So like which bank account, which credit card account. And without that source account, sometimes you're missing a little bit of context, which is where this new reclassify insight categorized uh, could be useful because you actually on the specific bank account that you are uh, that you are attempting to change. So if you have, let's say, all of my uh, Chipotle in the Amex is supposed to be meals and entertainment, but all the Chipotle on the Visa is supposed to be personal. Whatever the context is, mm-hmm. right? The Visa is the owner's credit card. The Amex is the employee's credit card, whatever it is. So having vis- a visual t- or, or being able to filter by that source account sometimes is a very useful tool, which is why I like being able to, from the bank feed screen, because I get to choose which source account I'm working on, I like to be able to uh, reclassify from there. So if, if, if Alicia, if you were advocating to get rid of this and in exchange, uh, see the the additional fields in the reclassify screen, this would be the one thing I would say, well, uh, hold up. I like seeing it here because of that. But of course, the ultimate solution is to also add the source account in the reclassify screen. And obviously that would solve the problem. But again, I got, maybe we're asking for too much at this well, point. Well, at the moment, uh, they've got three different places where you can reclassify different things. And it would be really nice if they just consolidated all of them and gave you the full ability to see the whole transaction and update any part of it and then make that available in, you know, either, either definitely for the accountant users, for the business owners, I would worry a little bit about making that available. But, you know, right now the business owner can still log in through using the direct link to the reclassify, which is after the app slash reclassify dash transaction. But, you know, right now, okay, great, we have this new ability to do it, which looked really good on the surface by leveraging the tools in the banking feed. We just need, you know, one field shown in this tool and the other field shown in this other tool and the other field is shown over here if you do this. So please just make one place where you can reclassify all the little bits and pieces. I mean, even the source account, that's the one that I use in Write Tool is 
changing it from a bank account to another and QuickBooks without right tool doesn't have that ability. Yeah, that's true. And for some context, uh, the third screen that Alicia is talking about where we can reclassify things is on the expenses screen. So if you go into expenses and you click on the expenses tab, you can select multiple um, transactions in expenses, click on categorize and categorize from there. Not the best, most powerful tool, but if you are a non-accountant and you don't know how to get to the reclassified tool, this could be the only pathway you have to categorize. What, what I, there's two things I dislike about the expenses tab for categorizing. One, for some strange cookie, quirky reason, the date filtering um, is not complete. Like I, I can't do an all dates and sometimes I want to go across all dates. So you have to manually choose a date range, which is not terribly problematic, but it's like, I don't know why sometimes they develop things without all dates. Like all dates is such a fundamental uh, sort of a database option. It's like, don't filter this. Like sometimes some filters just need to not filter, right? So that all dates is a, is a really good option. And one more thing in this screen, you cannot reclassify payee, class, right. location, or tag and that sort of thing. So it's just limited to the category. Yeah. Well, that, then so this, if you including the expenses screen for reclassification, that's actually four different places where we can each do little bits and pieces. Um, I do actually understand why they don't have all dates on this screen. And that is because if you have literally thousands or hundreds of thousands of transactions in trying to update with all dates, you could really bog it or break it. And I think basically the workaround is just to do it a year at a time. This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by Webgility. Webgility is the number one QuickBooks connector for multi-channel sellers and the accountants who support them. Designed specifically for e-commerce and multi-channel sellers, Webgility seamlessly integrates with over 50 platforms, including Shopify, Amazon, and Walmart, making it the perfect solution for your clients. Webgility takes the hassle out of e-commerce accounting by automating the flow of data into QuickBooks. Sales, returns, expenses, fees, and inventory are all accurately recorded, ensuring your clients' financials are always up-to-date and tax-compliant, allowing you to stay out of the e-commerce weeds and instead focus on high-value-add consulting services. But Webgility isn't just about software. It's about partnership. As a Webgility certified partner, you gain access to exclusive benefits like co-marketing activities, additional revenue streams, free expert onboarding, so there's no hassle getting your clients set up. With comprehensive training and unparalleled support, you'll be equipped to deliver even more value to your e-commerce clients, helping them run more profitable businesses. Don't let manual accounting tasks slow you down. To join the thousands of accounting professionals who trust Webgility to streamline their e-commerce accounting, head over to uqb.promo forward slash Webgility. That is uqb.promo forward slash W-E-B-G-I-L-I-T-Y. Okay, since we're going down the all dates rabbit hole, oh, <laughs> and we're talking and we're talking about exp and we're talking about expenses, there's there's a very specific place in the in the same general area, which is on the bills tab. So when you go into into the bills tab and you go into filters, there isn't an there isn't an all dates filter. And while I understand that the screen will get locked up and it'll be super slow 
because expenses are very uh, 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 very abundant in, in, in any average QuickBooks file. When you're looking at unpaid bills, you want to see all dates because you want to see all unpaid bills from the beginning of, I'm talking about unpaid bills from the beginning of time, because generally when we look at unpaid bills, we want this to match our accounts payable total that we see in our balance sheet. And our balance sheet is certain, certainly from a beginning date perspective, it's an all dates type of reporting. So um, I do, I would like to see all dates for sure in the unpaid bills section, at least, because it's very frustrating not, not seeing all of your unpaid bills. Like it makes zero sense that they did that. I get it. Maybe they started from the same philosophy that Alicia said, hey, if it expenses, we add all dates, it's going to be a mess. But maybe they forgot that the dynamic on unpaid bills is slightly different mm-hmm. than on expenses. And Alicia, hold on. Which is that fourth place that we can reclassify stuff? Like Again, let's, let's so go through got, them. You can reclassify. Got, so from so the-, the brand new banking feed option, brand new. Yeah. Reclassify either under the briefcase or at reclassify dash transaction, the books review and the um, expenses tab itself. Okay. So I don't, I've never seen reclassify under books review as a different thing. I know we can, re, we can reclassify a payee, missing payee. Those uncategorized transactions. Something. Okay. So in books review, mm-hmm. there's a button that says uncategorized transactions and you can change them from there. Okay. So, so essentially, essentially what the reclassify, the reclassify tool inside books review is, is the same thing as the regular reclassify screen, but it only focuses on, on categorized income and on categorized expenses. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not, uh, okay. And, and that's what, that's we'll, why we'll I say they've got, or not, that's useful. I'm sorry to talk over yeah. you. That's why I say they've got four different tools that each has one little bit but just that one little thing, and they could easily bring all of this programming together into one consolidation that has all of True. the options. This is this is the escape room of reclassify. Like you you <laughs> you find one little piece in a different area, and then eventually you can puzzle them all all together. So this is good because, uh, especially if someone from Intuit is watching and listening and all this stuff, um, they can now understand you know why we get frustrated by the little. It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the fact that you're missing this little detail here and there that makes it difficult for us to to kind of feel like, oh, finally you fixed our problem. And I get it. We're accountants. You know, you give us your finger and we'll pull the whole arm. I totally get it. We we want everything. We always want everything, always. But it's a situation where if they don't have paid beta testers, and I'll put a preface to that, paid beta testers then that eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dream QuickBooks Online that are passionate like Alicia and I, if you don't have those people, then you almost always are destined to miss the mark with, uh, with, uh, with new features. Okay. All right. So we're done talking about what's broken and what's working and praising into it for the few things that they did do correctly, which they did a bunch of things correctly. Thank you for that. Maybe Alicia and I can quickly go into like what things we have in our own wish list that we'd like to see sort of in the near term. Alicia, uh, we'll start with you. My absolute number one wish list for the banking feeds, which would transform everything, is the ability to assign products and services, not just a, a GL account. Be- 
And PayPal has it. The PayPal integration has a button that says show details and then takes you in and creates a sales receipt that has the information on it. And I get that, you know, it's a sales receipt, which is kind of forcing you into one kind of transaction. But with PayPal, it's one and done. So it's the right thing. You might not have that specific transaction, but I have a lot of clients who are using their products and services either because of job costing or profitability summaries or um, pass-through billing. And being able to put in the actual line item would really, for some businesses, be uh, you know, save hours of time. I have some businesses that can't use the banking feed at all for data entry. They have to go manually create those transactions using the item details and then go back and match them in the banking feed. So it would save that set of customers hours and hours of time. And I find myself needing it at least once a week. Yeah. And to be clear, this is not for people entering inventory stuff. Like very rarely it would be for inventory stuff. This is most of the times service items and non-inventory items because the way they report on expenses by item or maybe um, actuals, uh, estimates versus actuals requires the use of item for them to fit in the correct report, which will go a very long way for helping our construction project-based clients uh, have more desktop-style type reporting in QuickBooks Online. If we could tell QuickBooks in the bank feeds, hey, this is not an expense, this is an item, bring in an item. Right. Well, but you actually hit it on the head with inventory that that's one of the best use cases for the option, because anything that's inventory then has to go be created elsewhere. And I have clients who will just see the expense and then they'll put it either to inventory asset or straight to cost of goods instead of actually buying the product that we're trying to track sales. So that's why I want it. Yeah, true. From my experience, most of the time inventory purchasing is a bit planned. So there is a sort of a purchase order that happens prior, okay? So then you would def- you would match that payment to a bill, really, not to a purchase order. A- and also, uh, most of the times, there's more than one item being purchased for inventory. So you're not just asking to be able to choose an item in bank feeds. You're asking to be able to split into multiple items in bank feeds, which really adds much layers of complexity right. to well, this. Well, I work with a lot of small clients with very small inventory or just tracking what is selling. And the way that PayPal hands it, handles it, it's really elegant. You can have multiple line items with multiple products. And a lot of my small companies aren't using their QuickBooks as their source of truth with purchase orders and bills. They're just going on a website and placing an order, and then the charge shows up in their banking feed, and then they have to go dig up what the thing was and manually create the transaction. And it would be so nice just to be able to quickly type it in 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 a minute or less. And and to clarify, when you say the, the way PayPal handles it, you're specifically talking about sales that come in as sales receipts and they bring multiple inventory items. We're not talking about making expenses from your from your PayPal because those stuff, that will never come in with items because in QuickBooks Online, there's no mechanism to bring expenses with line items. And your, the, your wish list is actually um, twofold. It's one, can I get my expenses with line items and possibly split multiple line items? And two, if they're deposits, can I get deposits to be sales receipts with line items? So that's your that's your number one that's, wish list item. Let's not let's not yeah. 
Okay, right. So you'll have one, one and uh, one. Well, one. and the other one is that returns get handled a little bit more elegantly. And I think this step with uncategorized asset and limiting the transfers is a, a big step towards that. So a lot of refunds were going into transfers yeah. and uncategorized assets. You find it, yeah, true. All right, my I have a super out of left field uh, wish list item. Okay, and Alicia, you got to visualize okay. this in your head. It's going to be some moving parts that you have to going to have to move your things around your head to 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 see if this makes sense to you. But I would like to be able to create a rule that I can send to be bottom priority, or edit a rule. So I can send it to be bottom priority or top priority. So think about like when you're building something in PowerPoint and you bring up a whole bunch of pictures and there's a picture you want in the background and something you want in the foreground where you right click and put and say, bring to the front or send to the back. So sometimes when I'm building rules, I just want this rule to, to go all the way to the back of the line because I don't want it to override any new rules I created. Or sometimes I'm creating a rule that the opposite effect, I want this to override any other rule that I created, and I want to send that to the top of the priority. So just being able to like right-click on actions and send a specific rule to the top or to the bottom, that would be my first layer of in the in the wish list of this, which I'm pretty sure, Alicia, you have nothing, nothing against, against that. that. I mean, we, we do have it? the nine-dot little waffle. They call it a, a grid, but I call it a waffle um, on the far left-hand side so you can reorder your rules. But yeah, I can see if you have a file that's got 100 rules, then instead of having to drag, 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 just being able to, to womp it into up or down makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and to be clear, maybe you drag, 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 but if there's pagination issues where you have the rules going across multiple pages, you can bring it all the way down to the last one in that page, but you can't go across pages. I've actually noticed that the right? pagination so have- does not work properly, that once you go to the second page, it just adds the rest of the rules to the original list. Uh, maybe that's on purpose so you can click and drag stuff. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll test that. But I'm going to give you a second layer to this. This is like the, the, the big one, okay? This is like the master one. I would like to create a rule that I can permanently make the top rule. Like if I create a rule that's always priority one, one for one for money in and one for money out, and then create another rule that is always the last rule, one for money in and one for money out. So I'll explain to you what I mean by that. What I, what I mean by that is, and, and the first one might not be that important because once you create a rule and make it number one, nothing else will move it. Okay. So once you make a rule number one, that's it. So technically just being able to push it to the top, that's good enough. But the challenge is when you create a rule and you make it the very last rule, when you create new rules, those new rules get created after that. And you have to, co- you have to continually mm. go in there and make that rule the last one. And the reason why I think this would be useful is because the very last rule essentially becomes your catch-all rule. And if you're, th- you're the type of person that wants to have this catch-all rule that basically QuickBooks, if there's no rule, by default, make it uncategorized uh, make it on categorized expense and that's it. So that's that's in my wish list. Alicia, I'll let you think about that if you want to, you know, maybe uh, tell me your opinion about that in some other time, but well, what are your thoughts so about that? So what you're saying about having it defined as always the last rule in the context of the way that you're trying to use the rules, that you use the rules makes sense. 
for me, having a rule that says if it doesn't fall into anything else, either make it blank or make it uncategorized, I can definitely see the use cases for it. But to me, it makes me sad that we would have to resort to that. And I get that I have some clients who just have no business trying to categorize things. And in those cases, that would be the fail safe for preventing that kind of, of bad data. I'm personally more inclined to still keep dialing in the rules so that everything is, is left. But you know, if, if it doesn't match anything else, not having the AI suggest, I can see how that's, helpful and kind of forcing it to avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. So hope hopefully you liked uh, us kind of walking you through the things that were added to bank feeds. Uh, hopefully you agree with us in terms of what we think needs to be fixed, you know, in, in, in those areas to make it even more more useful. And you also liked the one wish list, well, one and a half wish list item that each of us had for bank feeds. And if you see that stuff, you know, appear mm-hmm. magically, in uh, in a QBO in the next couple of months, you know where you heard it first. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Alicia, uh, what's going on in so your I world? So I do want to let people know that if you are somebody who are frustrated by the banking feeds, I do have a class about using the banking feeds and banking center that's literally three hours long, which really goes into the weeds, of, uh, but in a good way of how to really game it and make it shine so that it saves you hours of time. I am um, it, in upcoming classes I think by the time this is being released, I will have just recorded a new reports class, which is going from two hours to three hours because I'm going to include all the new modern formats and also how to create custom fields, or not custom fields, sorry, custom reports in QuickBooks Online Advance using the new modern tech, the new modern reports. Because, you know, I know that we're frustrated by it, but there's a lot to love. So I'll be breaking that down so you can look for that reports class at learn.royalwise.com. And then coming up in March, I'm doing a class on budgeting and the new forecasting tool. So that's another class that you can look forward to and enroll in. And how about you, Hector? What are you working on? So February was one of the biggest uh, releases for new features in Write Tool, especially when it comes to bank feeds features, since we're talking about bank feeds. So in February, we released uh, three new features in Write Tool worth mentioning. One is, and this is difficult to describe, but just think about when you're selecting multiple money in and money out transactions before you accept them. QuickBooks actually shows you in the little batch window how much money is coming out in total and how much money is coming in in total, but you don't get the math of the tool. And sometimes prior to accepting a set of transactions, you want to make sure that that set of transactions matches some other batch you have somewhere else. Maybe you have Stripe or special type of um, uh, merchant account or something like that, where you want to make sure this total amount matches some other total amount that maybe you're running through a clearing account. So essentially what we added is there's a, there's a third line that shows up when you select those three things. And the third line eventually um, shows you what the difference between them two is. So it's basically like a quick preview of all the money in, money out of the transactions you selected from bank feeds. It doesn't create new transactions. It doesn't save you time. It doesn't, uh, it's one of those weird things that's difficult to, 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 to explain the value on. But for those specific use cases where you want to preview the net of those two, that's going to be huge. The other thing that we added uh, through Right Tool, uh, by the way, that's a pro feature only. But the other thing that we added through Right Tool is we actually added this feature 
these are the free ones. One is called um, Bang Feet Color Assistance, and the other one is called Sticky Table Header. So the Bang Feet Color Assistant, and we're still kind of workshopping that name, so you know, don't don't judge us for that yet. But what the Bang Feet Color Assistant is is in the bank feeds when you have transactions that have been matched by the rule, they turn blue instead of green, and when they've been automatically paired with a transfer for the automatic uh, a paired transfer, they turn. Uh, red. So essentially, they're still green. Green is going to be your regular your regular matching and your transactions that have been suggested based on, on, on previous behavior. Those will still show green. But to differentiate that, because it's just a bunch of green and black and white, the blue ones are the mm-hmm. rules and the red ones are paired transfers. So sometimes that visual helps. And the other one that, not surprisingly, was a huge hit on the webinar where we, where we showed it is the fact that the, the header in the top date, bank detail, payee, category. We've figured out somehow, when, when I say we, I mean somebody else. I, I, I just take the credit. <laughs> when uh, when our programmers uh, in Right Tool built it in such a way that the header sticks there. So no matter where you are scrolling up and down, you see that. So we're super excited about that. If you haven't yet gotten Right Tool, uh, download the free app. The last two features I mentioned, color assistance and, and, and sticky table headers are part of the free version. So definitely start with that. And of course, if you like the pro tools, you can always upgrade. So with that being said, uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. This podcast is independently operated and is not affiliated with or endorsed by QuickBooks or Intuit Inc. Any reference to Intuit and QuickBooks products are made solely for the purpose of discussing the topics related to the company and its software.